Hello. Oh, hello, Merlin. How are you today? Good morning, Dan. Good it's, morning. Uh, it's a good day. It's the optimistic day. It is. It's an optimistic Tuesday. Um, I don't like to talk about the show on the show, but you uh, you kindly agreed to start our program half a, half an hour later than usual. Yeah. I already feel the difference. You can tell the difference. You feel it in, in your in your body, like a physical difference? Or... I feel it in my bones. Yeah. I feel it. It's like, Yeah. I mean, like I'm still, it's still really early, but- <laughs> But can you hear me, me today? Can you hear me this time? Am I still quiet or is it no, better? Last, I don't know if you did, last week you were so quiet and I don't know why. But it's good now? It's good now. It's very good now. I got okay. everything running. I turned off my fans. Uh, I consulted my podcast uh, checklist and uh, five by five, as they say. Yeah. The weird thing is right before we started the show, I, I clicked an audio hijack. I clicked the big record button. And the whole computer just, it just froze and I had to reboot it. And I've never had that happen. I'm not blaming Audio Hijack because I love Audio Hijack. Um, but it yeah, just, how I, often I does a, that I happen, a, Merlin, where a complete, complete, just freeze and spontaneous reboot of the computer? Okay. Wow. That's insane. Um, it's 2020. I got, I got another one for you because it's always two things with me. Huh. And again, I am not blaming Audio Hijack for this. I don't know what I did, but... I, you know, I like to get ready early. I, I have my checklist. I run Bunch by Brett Terpstra, a wonderful app that turns off and turns on lots of things. And I highly recommend it for podcasters. Um, I did all of that. So anyway, I was getting, I was fixing to record with, uh, with my worst friend, uh, John Syracuse. And what did I click on? I'm not going to click on it now. I think, you know what I did? I clicked on recordings because mm. I'd never done that before. I usually just go straight to the folder mm -hmm. and I got, I got a beach ball. Mm -hmm. And long story short, uh, Audio Hijack just wouldn't run. I did a restart. I did the whole nine. I did a full uninstall. And I, I don't know what happened, but I was like like two minutes before we were ready to record. I was like, I think I'm just going to have to use Call Recorder. I ran Bunch again. And this time, so, you know, you, in Bunch, you say like, turn off this app, turn on this app, open this web page, open this folder, all these things. It's really cool. And uh, for some reason, when it launched via Bunch, it worked. So maybe sending an Apple script event did it. And I don't know why. Just cleared out the pipes. It's a black art. I don't understand how computers work. No, I don't know either. Yeah, the, the research is crazy. One that drives me nuts sometimes on, on my iPad is um, on, you know, the, the straight production 1401, I think mm -hmm. it is right now. Mm -hmm. It'll just kind of not go for a minute. And like it just sometimes, especially when I'm doing app updates, it'll just like not go. You can't do anything to it. The other one is sometimes still in settings on my iPhone, it just won't scroll. It just freezes up for a while. And I don't know why. But, you know, actually in, in my little bit, my light preparation for today, and of course, Dan, you know, it's your show. We can shuck and jive. We can do anything you want. I rewatched Goodfellas. I may or may not have showed part of it to somebody else. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me just see my my current. My current, my current Twitter bio is, um, <laughs> she used to spit on her own floor. That never made any sense to me. <laughs> never made any sense. It's her own floor. Oh, <laughs> uh, so now when we're watching season two of, uh, Law and Order and, uh, Paul Servino comes on screen. So, you know, I said to my daughter, you know, Paul, Paul, he moves slow because he didn't need to move for anybody. You know what? You know why they carried the groceries? Dan, do you know why? Why the kids in the neighborhood? 
carried his mother's groceries all the way home. Do you know why? It was out of respect. Respect. Mm-hmm. It's the optimistic day. So anyway, in my light bit of preparation, um, I am a well, shock and job as much as you want, but I am prepared to uh, highlight a few things about the uh, recent OS updates that okay. I'm very excited about. I have a little bit of follow-up. Um, I feel like I have some follow-up for you too, but mm, now I, I need some. see it. I need it. Um, let's see. What, what, did, what did you talk about last week that I might be missing? Just That's movies and stuff that I, I watched. I have some oh. updates on that. But. Why don't you tell me about that? Talk, talk, talk to me about media. You know, now, now more than ever, amidst these challenging times, you know, it's been, I, I've taken a big step away from the discourse and it's been really good for me. Mm. But, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for something good. Give me, a, give me, a, give me what you're up to. So, uh, we, um, I, my favorite show, my favorite current being in, in production TV show right now is still Raised by Wolves, HBO. Uh, one of the HBOs. I don't know. I've only ever seen the the thing. I've never raised by wolves. Okay. I don't know if this is HBO. I don't know if it's HBO Go. I don't know if it's HBO Now. I don't know if it's HBO Max. I don't know if it's HBO Plus. I don't know if it's HBO you take, Disney. You take arguably the very strongest high quality brand in streaming TV, and then you turn it into like a Microsoft suite of products. It's so yeah. Odd. I don't know what it is. I don't know how I'm watching it. I just know You're that watching I'm watching H- HBO Plus for the enterprise. Wow. <laughs> HBO plus 98 <laughs> XP for the enterprise. There's a title in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, so that's what I'm, that's what I've been watching. And uh, somehow, somehow I watch it and it's great. It's, and the first episode was like, I, first of all, anything that is sci-fi and new, I'm at least going to take a look at, um, hmm. you know, I mean, it's because I like sci-fi and I feel like, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of there was there wasn't always a lot of great sci-fi. These kids today don't know know from sci-fi. There was a time when, like, yes, Star Trek is like what you had. If you mm-hmm. wanted something weird on TV, you, you could watch Star Trek. You could watch Twilight Zone. Eventually, Night Gallery. Right. You know, oh, Night Gallery. Maybe you got The Prisoner or uh, the Outer Avengers. Limits. Monsters, yes. tales from the dark side. Man lives in the sunlit we, world of what he believes to be reality. We control the audio. We control the video. So Raised by Wolves, the first two episodes were directed by Ridley Scott, Mr. Sci-Fi. And uh, I, then he's, and he's a producer, I think, executive producer. I'm looking this up now. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, he's executive producer of the whole shebang. Um, and it was just renewed, uh, like a week, uh, like, no, uh, almost two weeks ago, it was renewed for a second season. And so the premise of this show is that there, and I'm not giving anything away. It's not a spoiler issue. There are two androids known as father and mother who are tasked with, I'm reading the description. I'll just these, read the description. These are the people with the wearing uh, what looks like a gray paste suit. Yes, um, and they are they are tasked with raising human children on Kepler 22b after Earth was destroyed Ooh. by a great war. Ooh. And uh, Ooh. there's a lot more to it than that. And they are very, very. It's very cool. And so the first episode, I was like, well, this seems all right. Let's see where it goes. But by episode two, or th- by really by episode three, you're like on this crazy ride, and it's. It's just really cool and wild. And it f- the more I'm getting into it, the more it's starting to feel like a Ridley Scott joint, as you say. Mm-hmm. So, but I really, I really think it's, it's a lot of like fun. As, so, as in like 
That's what I'm what, watching. Like Blade Runner or what, what, Just, what is, uh, what's a Ridley Scott feeling for you? To me, Ridley Scott is very good at creating what feels like to me, a complete world or universe um, mm-hmm. where there's like, for, for example, um, you know, if, if you look at, uh, if you look at uh, the Mad Max films. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, which with, um, Fury Road, Fury Road, I mean, like Star Wars, like the great ones, like you arrive in a world that's like not going to explain everything to you. And, right. But it does seem you, you, you take it, it's, if it's well-crafted world building, well thought through, you, you don't pause to go like, wait a minute, why is an astromech droid doing this? Like you just go like, right. I just, just like, get that this is a bar for, full of weirdos. Or I just Right. Get and George Miller, I think in his creation of all of the Mad Max films, He's created a world that feels inhabited and there are things about it that don't get fully explained and that you wonder about, but that the people in the world get and just are operating within. So like you wouldn't, you would say, oh, I had to drive to work today. You wouldn't say, and now let me explain to you that gas, that gas is what powers the vehicles that I drive. And to turn left, I put on this thing called a turn signal. You're just doing it and you're moving through the course of your day. And that's what these movies feel like. And in some ways that's kind of, what I think a Ridley Scott film also does, especially if looking back at Blade Runner, having watched Blade Runner again mm-hmm. recently with uh, with my son, feeling really like there is a whole world here that we are only getting a tiny little glimpse of this world and more of it is being revealed, but only up to a certain point. A lot of movies and TV shows especially are guilty of this. It's like they feel like their job is to really explain everything and to in, in the, the belief is that, oh, well, in order to bring you and draw you into this universe, I'll just explain it all to you and I'll tell you, I'll tell you how it works. This is how the phaser works. This is how the warp core works. This is how, and I like that too. I'm not saying that's bad and that does create a world, but it's not a world of mystery as much as it's a world of explanation. And this very much feels <laughs> like a world of mystery. God, that's really well put. Um, I'm going to endorse this podcast, a podcast once again, because I finally went back to the beginning. It's so freaking good. By now, I'm a broken record. I'm a broken record on Ted Lasso. I'm a broken record on Blank Check. And uh, the, that record will Tell me about be... Ted Lasso. I've heard you talking about it and and, and people sure are really will. saying yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what but, I'm missing. You know, I, I'm, I, I would love to. Yeah, but just real quick. Um, so, gosh, Blank Check is so fun. I ended up diving into Blank Check when I want to say... One of the co-hosts, Griffin Newman, was on, I believe, I want to say the Flophouse. He was so good and so funny. And, of course, I know him as Arthur from The Tick. He's, he's mainly an actor. But he's, oh. <laughs> he, and, he and David Sims, uh, writer for the movie, movie critic for The Atlantic, the, the two friends, pound sign the two friends, are such movie, I hate to say nerds, but they, they're, they've, their whole lives have been consumed about movies. Like at one point, at the end of every episode, you know, they do something called the box office game, which is David quizzes Griffin about what was in the top 10 movies. And like, you'd be amazed at the time they, the movie they're discussing came out. You'd be amazed how often he knows like what ranking, what box office. Anyway, it's just, it's so great. And it's not like a mean podcast, although there are some episodes that of course, you know, go into things, but it's a wonderful show. Really recommend Blank Check. You can jump in anywhere. I would start with the RoboCop episode. I will put it in notes. But the whole show started as like a weird bit where these, so the premise is, and this premise is explained. And then after the first episode, the premise is not mentioned, which is part of the fun. And here's the premise. They're going to talk about 
the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go in with uh, the conceit that this is the first Star Wars movie. So, uh, you know, so basically they're going to go in and then you, you get docked points if you make reference to anything from like another movie, especially, you know, episode four or five and six. And the whole point of this podcast, and I think there's like 15, 10 or 15 episodes on Phantom Menace. They go through all different aspects. They'll do one episode just on the Jedi Council. They'll do one just, and it's, it's so funny. It goes so deep. It's, it's so nerdy. But I think one of the things that they come out with, and again, as they get toward the end of the series, they start to do a little more meta talk without breaking the bit. But I think they really nail it in talking about exactly what you just said. One of the myriad problems with Phantom Menace is like, so look, at, look at something controversial like midichlorians. Like, why do you need to explain the Force like that? You don't. You know? Everyone like, knew. When it. I, look, when I, when I saw in, the first Star Wars, Merlin, when I was five years old, I understood what the Force was. I it's didn't some kind of a magic else. thing that people have certain powers. It, could it be made from training. sense. It, it just made birth. sense. But like, I don't need to know about kyber crystals. I don't need to know about any of that stuff. I mean, I guess well, I kyber don't crystals are kind of cool. That was kind of a cool thing. I, I, yeah, but all I'm saying is like, I think your point stands, which is, you know, when I go into like a John Woo movie, like I'm not going to ask a ton of questions about how you would swap faces on two men and nobody would notice. Like, because that you're, you're either in or you're out. You, you either, you either, you know, you buy the ticket, you take the ride. And there are times where you're like, hmm, I, that, I don't know how that works. But you know what's awesome to watch something like, like <laughs> there's one amazing episode where Chris Gethard is on, where they're talking about, so eventually this goes on. They finally get to Attack of the Clones, where they're saying, apparently we found out from Google, from the, the internet, that there's actually a second Star Wars movie, Attack of the Clones. Anyway, and the one about Attack of the Clones, I believe it's Attack of the Clones, or was it Sith? But Chris Gethard goes off on Kit Fisto over and over. Everybody's so obsessed with certain characters um, Griffin has a, a growing sexual obsession with um, who's the C-3PO like droid that greets um, a Qui-Gon and, Qui-Gon and um, Obi-Wan. But he has a sexual fixation on, uh, on that, that droid. It's so freaking funny. Anyway, if you, and I just, this is one of those things like, I don't know, I guess like, like, like the flop house or like my bim bam where like I, eh, I started it, I got in and now I'm, there's a reason this show is <laughs> there. Here's the video. Chris Gethart loves Kid Fisto. I will put that in notes too. Um, Dan, where would people find show notes for episode, whatever this is, of your back to work program? Uh, whatever this is, this is episode number four, nine, seven. So they're going to go to back to work. Limo slash four, nine, seven, four, nine, seven. Do you yeah. want to talk for a minute about Ted Lasso? Yeah, I would love to hear more about it because I've heard anytime. I don't know what this is. I don't know what it is. And maybe I, you I know, can I know, analyze I know. this. This is the problem. This is the problem. If, I mean, if too many people like something, I know. Yeah, you, then you, I want to not like yeah. it. Yeah, there's what's the, there's a name for that. Um, the uh, my brother in law. My brother in law had uh, loved Green Day when they first came out, <laughs> and then as soon as they like signed with a major album, he's like, "Well, I can't like them anymore." Like, well, why yeah, not? I mean, that they means they're be, good. They used to be, and in, in the the Berkeley scene at the time was um, pretty harsh. Like the the scene that they come out of in Berkeley was like uh, kind of almost like the straight edge, like DC kind of culture, but even more like extreme and anti corporate, and like just so so bitter and angry. And 
there's a famous story about Jello Biafra from Dead Kennedys getting beat up there because he wasn't punk enough or something. But no, God, what is the name for this? Um, uh, I'll look it up in a second. But uh, you give people more and more evidence of something and say that it's true, the more likely they are to like become stronger in their opinions about what you're trying to dissuade them from. Um, blowback effect, I think it's called. Um, I'll find it for notes. Ted Lasso is a pretty great example of, first, I understand why someone would look at that and go, why would I watch this? Oh, I don't um, even know anything about it other than... Well, but, but okay, but the problem is, though, explaining it to you is, I can only sort of, I can't, so I will explain it, but the problem is, like, when, when a lot of people are saying, like, hey, I know you're sick of hearing about this, but seriously, check it out, and it's people you trust, that may be something you want to check out. I can tell you this is a classic one. If, if you don't like that first episode, you're not going to like the show. Mm. So you just, you know, it's half an hour. Give it a shot. The premise is, oh, crazy part number 11, is that this, is, this started with a commercial on TV from a few years ago, six or seven years ago, for getting, I think it was Premier League Soccer coming to some channel. And they got J Jason Sudeikis to do this character called Ted Lasso. And it's just this, this very silly commercial. Apple acquired the rights to Ted Lasso. They acquired the rights to a character in a commercial to make this show. And it's about a guy who is going to go, he moves to England, leaves his family in America, his wife and daughter. He moves to England become, to become the coach of a Premier League soccer team or football, as you say. Football is life, as Danny Rojas says. Mm. And okay, so now, so without, this is not a spoiler, but like what I want to sell you on is give us a chance. Yes, this show is extremely funny, very well written. It's, um, it's, but it's very sweet. There's, there's a lot of curses. Is a it, lot a, of cusses. is it a, a, a thriller? Is it horror? Body, body horror? Is it comedy? It's a, bo is... it's a body horror. Ted okay. Lasso starts to realize that his mustache has become sentient and is controlling him. Uh -huh. And that also his head is made of gears. Um, it's a Tetsuko type situation. Um, no, no, it's, but, but what, what, it, what it is, is like he goes and it's, it's a fish out of water in some ways, but who I was trying to describe this to somebody. And I said, it was, it was something like a, like maybe a cross between like the Cone brothers. And I want to say like being there because this, this guy is, so, he's so nice. He's so sweet. He's so smart. He doesn't know. He knows literally nothing about soccer. And as we discover, this is not a huge spoiler, as we discover fairly early in the first episode, it's because the woman who now owns the soccer team is getting divorced from her cheating rich guy husband. And we find out that she wants to tank the team because it's the only thing in life that her ex cares about. And she wants to exact revenge for all the humiliation he's brought her by cheating with all these people and being in English tabloids. So it's, it's a show, I think it's pretty much made in England. They have, it's very... So the fish out of water part is this this very earnest football coach um, from I think I want to say Kansas Oklahoma just doesn't doesn't get he's not he's not going to participate in the snarky civil but mean British culture and it's it's very um, it, it really takes people puts people on uh, on back on their feet and and it's just it's just very sweet the relationships between him, the players. Um, the, some of the players and one of the, the girlfriend of one of the players, the wonderful, like a uh, coach who came along with him, who we call beard. 
Their whole the whole relationship thing is so, so sweet. So you watch the first episode. It's really funny. It's really good. And then the crazy part is that they're up to their ninth, their penultimate episode of the season now. But it's they they thread a very very difficult needle, which is to be both very funny, um, w- without being you know cringy, mm-hmm. but it's also extremely sweet and the the pathos behind it deepens pretty much every episode in a way that seems really improbable. And um, all I can say is, you know, it's worth your time to at least try one of them, uh, one episode. Um, Jason Sudeikis is, is just a wonder in this. I will try it. I will try it. Oh man, 20 minutes, Jiminy Christmas. Um, You want to tell me about uh, something you like? Sure. I'll tell you about feels. Oh, feels. You know, we couldn't we couldn't have feels at a better time because right now I think everybody, including me, everyone in the world, maybe even, is experiencing stress or having anxiety. And then there's the other stuff that people experience, whether COVID or an election is happening, which is chronic pain or trouble sleeping. I mean, you're not alone. If you're I, I heard a things. podcast about insomnia. I think it was like maybe Radio Lab. Insomnia is huge right now. People are having a terrible time falling asleep. I don't know anyone that's sleeping normally right now. I truly don't know anyone that's sleeping normally right now. Whether they're sleeping way more than they should, way less than they should, whether they can't sleep, whether they wake up. like, And something that really, really helps with this is CBD. Um, I've used CBD for a while to help with sleep. also to help with things like recovery after a workout um, or just generally wanting to take that, the sort of the stress or the edge or the anxiety off a little bit. Feels is a premium CBD. It's delivered directly to your doorstep, which is really, really convenient, especially now when you kind of want everything delivered anyway. Feels has been doing this for a while and it naturally helps reduce stress, reduce anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. And it's really easy to take. It's something that you just have, I get, do they call it a tincture? They call it drops and oil. I, I don't know what the right word is. I just call it CBD. I guess it's oil. And you put a couple. I, I would consider it a, a sublingual. Sublingual. You put a couple drops under your tongue and you'll feel the difference within just a few minutes. And the important thing is to find out how much is right for you. Uh, Maybe it's. Flight. You got to get the flight. The flight. I love the flight. So what they do, for those that don't already know, the flight, they send you these little vials of their oil that come in different strengths so that you can try each one of them to figure out which one is the right one for you. Uh, because everybody's a little bit different. Somebody's going to be more sensitive than the next person. But one thing I want to mention is that it feels it works naturally. It's there to help you feel better. You don't get high from it. You don't get hung over from it and you don't get addicted to it. And in my experience, personally, I haven't really built up what I would call a tolerance to it either the way that people tend to build up tolerances, whether it's to caffeine or to alcohol or whatever, I haven't noticed that. So I'm using the same amount now that I was a couple of years ago and it still works for me. So that's a nice thing too. That's not in my read or anything. That's just my own personal experience with it, but it's super convenient to have this delivered. It shows up every month. And, uh, and you know, this is, this is what you get when you join the feels community, it shows up and you're going to save money every month. You can pause it anytime you want. You can cancel it anytime that you want, but you don't have to worry about running out of it or forgetting to order it, which sucks, especially 
if you're to the point where you like really benefit from it and then you're like, oh no, I'm running out and now it's going to be a week. Nope. They take care of all that for you. Feels has me feeling my best pretty much every day. And you can too. You can become a member by going to feels.com slash back to work. And it's spelled F-E-A-L-S, feels.com slash back to work. You just go there. They'll know you're listening and supporting the show. But when you're ready to become a member, you're going to get 50% off your first order with free shipping at feels.com slash back to work. So thanks again to feels for making that possible. Last time, 50% off, automatically taken off, free shipping, feels.com slash back to work. Thanks, thanks very much, feels. Buck, buck. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Can we uh, talk about some OS things? Yeah, of course. I had a little bit of follow-up, but it's not very interesting. I had no luck getting hoobs running. Ugh, busted my chops. I'm going to wait. Come back to it. Okay. It, it, other people have no problem getting this thing set up. Hoobs is one of the, it's a nerd name. It's a, one of those, what are called, not a backronym, but it's a recursonym. Hoobs means hoobs out of the box. And it's, um, it's HomeKit. It's a HomeKit, like a Raspberry Pi-ish thing, where depending on your level of proficiency, you could get just the image and kind of like make your own, you know, roll your own from home, all the way up to being a dork, uh, or not even a dork, like a normie like me, where I bought the box where you plug it in and you set it up. You go to, you know, whatever hoobs.local and, and set it up, et cetera. I could not get the thing working to save my life. But I'll come, I'm going to come back to that. It's really cool. And basically what it does is, if once you get it configured, you pretty much, in, there are plugins. It reminds me a little bit of my Synology in the sense that it does a basic thing, but then it's very extendable to other things. So you bring in plugins to say, you know, do stuff with my Hue devices, do stuff with my Wemo devices, do stuff with my Canary camera, like stuff that is not HomeKit certified at all, you can get on your little local network. Mm-hmm. I will return to that. The The mouse panopticon, uh, got to come back to that. That's still a work in progress. What I'm very excited about is uh, some OS things. Now, Dan, mm. Dan, mm. you're on the current version of the OSs, iOS, iPad OS, TV OS. You're on the 14 for all of those, yeah? Yes, sir, all of them. We've had a couple of weeks with this now. Give me some impressions about how you feel about the changes, what's new. You were not super excited about widgets on the phone last week. Right. Uh, what are your feelings as we sit here now about these updates? Is What's exciting to you? What's, uh, what's useful, what's not? Well, you know, just just in going through the general usability, I feel like has improved a little bit, um, you know, even just down to the way that phone calls come in and you get the little notification strip across the top um, instead yeah, of it like taking Siri, over. Siri not taking over the whole screen. I love that. So I love that. Like that. I love yeah. those little uh, attention to detail and the improvements. And my big thing has always been incremental improvements. I always like those. I would rather see an OS where everything is just improved a little bit, then we're introducing this is a whole new thing. I mean, that's fine too. But there there has been a need, I feel like, for these kinds of improvements all along. Um, And so we're getting some of Make it fast, make it stable, make it it better. But we we don't need a whole rethinking of all of this stuff all the time. And if you are going to do a total rethinking of it, like don't make it weird. I agree. And you know what else is really nice just about the um, the OS itself? And I guess, am I supposed, should I be calling it Springboard? The thing that lets you launch the I apps? Never, I still call it Homepage. Homepage. Whatever I'm supposed to call it. Yeah. One of the things I really like about that is, as as you do, 
I launch a lot of the apps. I basically have one screen of apps that I use very frequently. And to give you an idea of what those are, I mean, obviously email, messages, safaris on there. I've got my meditation timer app that I use every morning. I've got Spotify that I listen to when I'm in the car. I've got my deliveries app and the phone app and my my uh, two timer apps because I love timers and things like that. Google Maps is on there and Slack is on there and notes and calendar. You know, it's it's the things that I'm using all the time or very, very regularly. And then I have basically all of the other apps and we used to have to have these all in different pages. Well, you know, for example, um, the I have a guitar tuner app, which is called Guitar Tuna. Guitar Tuna. Guitar Tuna. I will allow I, it. I don't. I don't love that name. No, <clears throat> no. Um, I don't. I don't need to see tuna on my phone all the time. No, but that's the thing. How often do I need to tune a guitar? Well, oh, the, I see. I see. You know, see. A, a couple times a week, maybe at, at most, not often. Um, so how do you launch that app? Well, the, the correct way to launch it, I would think is to not have its icon on the main screen, but to pull down and type guitar or tuna or t- t- G or something and have it show up. That's to me, that's a very effective way of launching that app in particular, along with a lot of other apps that I very rarely yeah, yeah. use. Well, like, like, we, like I was saying last week, I mean, understandable, but frustrating thing since apps came to the phone is that when you, you say, let's say you get a new app because you need something. And there's so many things where, where this is to me a perfect example is um, like when we go to, we went to Santa Cruz to go to the beach boardwalk a couple years ago. And there were these parking meters that you had to use. And you, I, I might've taken credit cards. I don't love putting my credit card in anything personally. Um, but yeah, so we had to like download an app mm. to be able to pay for the parking meter. So on the one hand, obviously that's a great use case for our app clips, which I haven't seen yet, but that's going to be amazing. Right, I haven't. But seen also, either. when I get that, we're sitting there in the sun. We, we're, you know, we're in this. You know, it's very hot. We're standing there. We're, I'm playing with my phone while my kid stares at the roller coaster that we can't get to yet. And so, what happens? I get that parking meter thing. When it gets on my phone, w- where did it go? Well, first of all, if you have over ten pages of apps, you hope it's on there at all. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be on that last page. Flip. Flip, four, flip, 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 nine times, nine times until you can get to click on the parking meter. That's incredibly frustrating. It's a lot of times. If you don't know what the name of the app is, if you like, you know, it's it's crazy to have to navigate all that. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I think I think that point is really good. I've been using, let's put it this way, I've been using Spotlight as my main way to launch apps that aren't on the homepage for years. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I knew how to do it and I didn't do it a lot for me. That was like how to find an app that I can't find. But then when you told me, you're like, oh, I don't even look past the first screen. I just use it to launch. I said, you know, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. I'm going to try that too. And so that's what I've been doing. And so what I've actually been able to do, there's this really weird feature in iOS 14 where if you uh, long press on an apps icon, you'll get a little remove app option. And then it says, uh, it, it basically says, do you want to, do you really want to delete it or do you want to move it to your app library? And so what yeah. that really means is it's an endless, it's an endless closet, right? Like just put it over there where you don't have to see it. You don't have to worry about it. You can look around for it if you want, but really you're going to pull down and, and launch it when you need it. But now it doesn't take up space on a page. So now I just have one page of just the apps that I launch and then everything else is in the app library and I can find them with pulling it down. And now I don't have to like, 
I don't even have to think it's not even there because what I had had in the past was I had had a folder and I'll give you an example of my travel folder. Cause that's still one that, that I have that I'm going to be, I just, as soon as I remember to do it, I'll be pulling off and uh, deleting or, or adding them all to the app library. So listen to what I have in here and yeah, think about yeah. it's 2020 COVID. Think about how often I'm using any of these apps right now here in Austin, Texas. Oh my God. You're opening TripIt probably three or four times a day. Right. right. Tracking, tracking all of your flights and your four right, flight right, apps. Right, right, right. Like Southwest two of which United. Two subscribe to, to plan to use for one day. <laughs> yeah. Fly I Delta, JetBlue, American <laughs> Airlines. I've got um, the flight tracker. I've got Avis, Hertz. I've got uh, Hilton Honors. I've got Marriott's Bone Voy app. I've got Lyft. I've got World of Hyatt. Uh, I, I mean, I don't need and I don't need any. I don't need to see any of those apps on a regular basis. If I'm going on a trip and I need to unlock my hotel room or something like that, then I might need the Marriott one or whatever. But I, like, I, I mean, I, the thing is, Dan, I, that's so weird because I use all of these app in the air, City Mapper, Flight Aware, Flight every day. Plus, Flighty, JetBlue, Kayak. Um, um, Muni Mobile, uh, Transit, TripIt, Trip, I have two TripIt's, United, because you're really going to want to be able to, to stream those TV shows mm-hmm. in, in ways. Oh my gosh, my finger's tired from using all this travel. That, I mean, so, but that means now what? I have to have them in just a folder sitting there taking up space? No, I can move them away. Get them to the app sweep, library. Sweep it away. Sweep the leg, Johnny. That's right. Break the wrist, walk away. And so that's basically what I've been doing. Bust the joint out. You let him. That's right. Shame. And, uh, that's a shame. and so, you know, and now as far as the widgets go, he didn't talk to more than talk to more than six people in a day. He hated phones. Oh, so. such a good movie. So good. It's so I'm good. I'm going to make you watch it again. Yes, you are. I'm going to have to watch it again. But that's what, these are the kinds of improvements that I like because that's what I'm doing on the phone on a day-to-day basis. That's how I'm using the phone is I'm long, I'm using apps. And so they've cleaned this up. They've made it nice. I like that. The one negative thing before we get into more positives is mm-hmm. I, don't, I think this is, it's related to iOS 14 because it wasn't like this before, but it's also more related to the fact that my phone is an iPhone 10, not a 10s, just a 10. Um, is that the battery life, I've noticed a serious decrease in battery life since installing yeah. iOS 14. This is, this is known. I mean, this is thing. I think that a lot of people are talking about on watch and phone. I knew about the watch. Other people are seeing this phone too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading about it yesterday. It's... It's one of those, th- God, there's these weird, again, I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know where all, what all the idiots are saying and until somebody tells me about it. But yeah, there's all these, you know, Facebook is where you go for dumb conspiracy theories. Oh my God, Widget Smith is logging your keys. No, it's not. Or like, whatever. Like in this case, <laughs> there's uh, people are, there's all this outrage about it and ways to try and fix it. And I, it does sound like it's widespread enough that there must be something going on. I mean, I, 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 I've no, I mean, like I've noticed it too. And then when I go to battery, go and look at what's in there because you know I'll, if, if i get the slightest twinge that something's up i i go and i look and like for example i love the tile family of products i can't wait until they're obviated by apple because it's kind of a racket yeah but tile wants everything all the time tile wants your location all the time because the point of tile is you get these little dinguses i put them in all the things and then if it gets lost the quote-unquote tile community can help find it this is going to be huge when apple finally puts this thing out to replace it but it almost invariably, it's like, you know how top is always the, uh, the highest CPU usage <laughs> yeah, running yep, top? Yep. Um, Tile is almost always the biggest user of battery. And, I, you know, I could improve that by doing stuff probably like saying general location or 
I eventually just go on a turn. I get in a fit of peak yesterday. I turned off everything related to tile and it makes tile very sad. And it keeps reminding you that it needs all the things. So now I have to turn off notifications for tile. So until I lose something, I'm going to leave that all the way off. But there are these little vampires hiding in your devices that you don't know about. And so the privacy stuff has gotten on the face of it so much better with this, but that's weird. So when you go to battery, are you able to see what it is that's a likely candidate? I mean, it, that's the thing is like, I'll, I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll go to the battery thing and it doesn't really, because that's the, the other thing is I just don't generally they're like, I'm doing basic stuff with the phone. It's like, you're I'm, not a phone guy. You're a Mac guy. I'm a Mac guy. You're not, and you're not, the yeah, phone is there. all day on an iOS device. No, no, not at all. And like, if I look at the usage, it's like the highest one is Safari at like 12%. Safari, Twitter, Overcast, Drafts, Home and Lock Screen, Home. I've been doing a lot of stuff with Home stuff. So yeah, Yuffie, Widget Smith. But Safari over the last 10 days, Safari is 21%, which seems less than I would expect, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all that I really... That's all that I really have. And so, um, but, but I actually have a message on here that, that says that I need to service my battery. Yeah. I was going to ask you if, if you can say, what, what do you get for battery health? Yeah. It says um, on, on there, there's a little, a little message that says service under battery health. And so if my, you, my maximum capacity is 95, da, 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 da. what is, what is your maximum capacity right now? 89%. And it says your battery's Woof. health is significantly degraded. An it's Apple authorized service provider can it's replace. It's crazy cheap. But see, with the I have not gotten a new phone in a very long time, and I feel like well, I'm saying like if you like it, it is said that if you that you can I think it's I want to say thirty bucks or something. It's pretty cheap. Oh, it is cheap. For Apple to replace the battery. But anyway, that's not what you're saying. You're, you're you're making a different point. You're not looking for help. You're looking for no. I'm looking. A, I'm a looking for always a good for help. Enjoy help. Um. Yeah, and I might do that. I might do that, especially if I want to keep it as a backup or or you know give it give it to someone in the family or something, which I usually do with an older phone. Uh, but I think it might be time for me to get a, a phone. I'm at this point now where I really I feel like this phone is fine. I, it does everything I want to do. I'm not on it like that much, really. It does the job for me. And so the idea that I would spend damn near a thousand bucks on a new phone that I don't, that I'm happy yeah, with no, this it's one. A really, it's a very good point. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm yeah. going to do that or not. I want to see them and I want to see them. I feel like I want to see them before I um, in, invest in a new one. So anyway, I, I don't know. But overall, other than yeah. that, that would be my only complaint with it at all is just the battery life just sucking horribly. And what I mean by that is if if I'm just here in the in the little studio and, you know, a, a message might come in or I might glance at something, I might look at it, that by the time that I'm going home, it's at like 30% from not really doing anything with it. And then you're kidding. And then, yeah. But if I go and like pick up a lunch somewhere and charge it and charge it on the way in and charge it on the way home, then I, I I'll be at 20% at about nine or 10 o'clock. And then I, I can use it for the rest of the day. Wow. I use, I, mine lives in the um, battery pack because I like the way it feels. I like the heft of it. I like that stuff. Um, one thing, this is related, but unrelated, um, is, I think it's becoming clear that if you have, if one has persistent battery problems on an, on an app, specifically on an Apple watch, mm. 
uh, Jason Snell has written about this and talked about this. I had this experience too and did what he did. Uh, if you're having trouble, uh, like many people with um, Apple Watch um, battery being real wonky, which was a huge thing in the beta. That's understandable. In the beta, it's not optimized. That's probably the second to the last thing they do before deciding yeah. what features to announce. Um, but uh, Jason did this. I did this. I think a lot of people have done this. Uh, they've come a long way with um, with restores and syncing and stuff like that. You know, it's been a pet peeve of mine for a long time that people didn't know that when you how easy it is to like bork your watch by not knowing that it only it only used to back up when you unpaired. Which is mental. Mm -hmm. But now I believe you're getting iCloud backups if you have it turned on. You're getting iCloud backups of your watch stuff all the time. Mm. In addition to which, uh, it's be just become a lot easier to like restore, reset. It does a lot locally. Then um, it just does this thing. I think almost entirely locally. But the point is unpairing, and you know your mileage may vary. Do your due diligence. But I did it this morning, and it took about 15 minutes. Unpair your watch, and then repair, repair it, and restore from the latest backup of that watch. And apparently for whatever reason that fixes it. I, I kind of doubt that will be the case. I wouldn't do a full restore on a phone just cause I don't know, man, there'd be dragons. I don't, I, I do that when I have to, but like that, that feels like a court of last resort to do a full reset. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's nothing I've, I've been thinking about. This is a weird privilege thing to say, but just to be honest, I mean, we all, we all, well, some of us wish we could be more like John Syracuse, not have a single crack in any of our book spines, notice every, you know, flack and problem and always keep it in a, <laughs> in a bag. Inside Those are your anti, anti goals for me, anti goals. But, you know, I think you have to be, it's, it's beneficial to be honest with yourself about how you actually operate, you know, like say yesterday's weather, the way you've acted in the past is probably how you act in the future. You know, and I finally realized, you know, the truth is I do get an, I do get a new phone pretty much every time there's a new phone mm -hmm. because I really, I really do love it. This is a case of like, there's a lot of stuff where I'm fine with the second or third best, but I like to have a totally modern and capable phone. It makes me happy. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to treat it like crap. It doesn't mean I'm going to be careless about it. I have a tiny scratch on my screen that drives me crazy every day because my thumbnail can feel it, but um, I can't really see it, but it's there. I know it's there. Um, and, uh, but you know, if you're being honest with yourself, like, yeah, if you've planned to keep your phone for three, four, five years, it is beneficial to do stuff like turn on, oh, what's it called? Turn on optimized battery charging. Yeah, like I got learns. that. It, yeah, you can do that for several of your different kinds of Apple devices, and it will go a little easier on your ba battery for that device by using some Disney magic to figure out when you're going to need it to be charged. And if, if you want that battery to last for a long time, man, run that from the beginning. Like when you get a new laptop, I don't know. I'm still superstitious. But every time I get a laptop, laptops I've gotten in the last few years, I'm really circumspect about how much time I spend with it plugged in versus not plugged in. I run fruit juice, which you know tells me when I'm at my goal for the day. Because I'm from a world where like those batteries get a memory. I don't think that's the issue with lithium anymore, but I'm still weird about that. But the truth is, if you know you're going to get a new phone next year, like turn that screen all the way up, like <laughs> run that battery all the way down, like whatever. You just have, you have to make decisions based on the patterns for how you live and work and, you know, try to create a, a world of habits that honors that. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And there wasn't there, I, I, I put fruit juice into the show notes. Wasn't there one called like coconut battery? Yes, there was. That's, is that a, is it still around? 
I don't know. I don't know. Fruit juice is pretty basic. I mean, I just I run it on my ma- on my laptop, and basically, fruit juice keeps an eye on your battery, its history, its charging patterns, its basically where you are versus the anticipated lifetime. Because you know, like Warren Zevon says, you know, enjoy every sandwich. You only get a <laughs> finite number of charges out of a battery device. It's true. And you can make a difference, I believe, in the longevity of that by trying to be sort of canny about about how much you plug it in, how much you don't, et cetera. I don't know. I think that stuff has come a long way. Software and hardware manage that stuff so much better than the Wild West of yore. Mm. But um, So Fruit Juice basically says, <clears throat> I'll be sitting there on the couch at, and like around seven o'clock, it goes, okay, uh, you've reached your goal for the day for it being unplugged. Go ahead and plug it in anytime you want. And then again, through some kind of patented Disney magic, it figures out when you're at a point where you need to do a maintenance cycle. And so what it will do is walk you through, okay, let's power this all the way up. Let's unplug it, power it all the way down and, uh, and then plug it back in. And, uh, I, I do follow that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably not necessary, but I love a project. Oh, no, I know you do. Um, I'm going to, I've got some odds and sods of stuff I just want to highlight that might be of interest to people. Um, let's see. You know, this is one that's wild. It's, it's minor and yet huge. If it's something that's used, this is going to seem small to a lot of people. We are a find my, I don't love that name. We're a find my friends or find my family. Mm-hmm. So the three of us each have permission to see where the other is. Um, a, to me, a great feature for a long time, unless it's, unless it's being used unknowingly and in a very creepy way. Let's set that aside for a minute. Assuming that this is a consensual find my relationship, one of the great features for a while now is let me know when this person leaves this location. Let me know when this person arrives at this location. Um, and they added a, a nice feature to that, I think in 14, maybe in 13. They had a nice feature to that, which is when you do that, the other person has to say that that's okay that you're doing it, which is nice. But what if you're a family, a consensual find my family, and you always want to know certain things? Well, guess what? Hidden deep inside of find my now, you could say, in the case of like my kid, you can set a persistent notification that says, let me know anytime my kid leaves home or mm-hmm. leaves this anywhere, whatever. And you can make that persistent. So now you can say every time this person leaves, give me a notification. Um, I'm finding it pokey uh, compared to previous versions. Like sometimes I get the notification when my kid's been home for three minutes, but that's really handy, right? I think that's super handy. And they added another thing that's really great, which is, so it used to be, you could say, let me know when this person leaves this location. Let me once, let me know when this person arrives at this location once. So addition number one is you can make that persistent. So always let me know this or that. The other thing they added, and I, for some reason, I feel like I can see a lot of uses for this. Uh, now you can have multiple notifications that are persistent. So I can also have one, let me know when this person leaves here, let me know, know when they arrive here. You can also say, let me know when this person is not at this location. So I could see that being very interesting for like, it could be for like an older relative, or it could be for... Um, there's, all kind of, there's, there's just a bunch of situations where I could see that being very useful. And again, that, that person has to agree that that's okay in order for that to always go. But I always want to know, well, back in the before times, I always want to know when my wife's almost home from work. It would be great to also know when she leaves work. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really handy. Without, sure without having to ask, right? Without having to ask. Yes. I mean, yeah, this is, 
a wonderful set it and forget it, where if there's, if there's something in, you like, in your life that you do or need to know, and it's a persistent, ongoing infrastructure project, like, wouldn't it be nice to set it and forget it? You know, Amazon subscribe and save, but like for your life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that's a, that's a nice feature. It can be used in a creepy way, but, but I hope it's not. Um, can I keep going? Yeah, do it. I will do it. I mean, we don't have to go forever, but um, some of the stuff with Apple Watch is just... Well, you know what? Let's do phone first, because I think you're more interested in phone. No, I want to hear what you um, get to say about the watch. We said enough about the phone already, I feel like. I want to well, hear the your thing watch with the, the thing with the Well, these are related. These are very related because I guess the stuff with the watch is so nuts right now. There's so many things that have happened. As with the iPhone and iOS, there's a lot of stuff, like Joanna Stern said in that video, there's a lot of stuff you're not going to know, you're not going to realize. There's so many things now. It's, it's ironic as we lose 3D touch, force touch, 3D touch, I guess it's called. As we lose that, it is interesting how much stuff you now will find beneficial by doing a long press, especially when you're doing stuff with apps, when you're doing stuff with widgets. There is a whole nother world underneath those icons and widgets that you're going to want to acquaint yourself with. So just real quick on the phone, the widget stuff has really blown up. As everybody has heard, (laughs) underscore David Smith is like, it's nuts what's happened. He's this indie developer, arguably the nicest man in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's made stuff like Sleep Plus Plus. He's done the, the, the you know, fitness apps. He's done all these great little indie apps. Um, but then, you know, he made, um, what was first? He made, I think, Watchsmith came, no, Widget Smith came first. Widget Smith apparently just blew up on social media with the, with the youth. Like on TikTok, he's now getting support emails uh, according to ATP, he was once describing it as a, a, like a day or two after things blew up for Widget Smith. He was getting, he was counting his emails by how many he got per minute. And within a day or two, it was how many he got per second. I hope that works out into actual money for him because millions of downloads that bring you all that support. Can you even imagine that with Fireside? Oh everybody went, went in and got a free account and then started, I know it's not part of the package, but like privately emailing you would be nuts. No, I mean, that, that's, that's the thing that comes sometimes with success is that you get tons and tons of uh, attention, which is good, but then you get like yeah, what he's yeah. dealing with. It sounds absolutely insane. I always go back to, this is the, to me, the canonical example. I'll find this anecdote for notes. But again, uh, when uh, Factory Records put out the New Order 12-inch Blue Monday with like die cuts, you know, custom, custom colors, you know, it used to be like you would, if you had to do process colors, it was more costly. The the guy, Peter Seville, the guy who designed this, made this beautiful, beautiful thing. The problem was they were losing money on everyone that they sold, which was merely problematic for a while. But when it became the best-selling 12-inch of all time, that ran into some serious money. You know, you're drinking salt water, basically. But So Widget Smith is a thing, and I'm sorry if you all know this, but it's important to understand this for what I'm trying to lay out here. Um Widget Smith is, I guess it started with Watchsmith, but Widget Smith is a thing for iOS, for your phone, where you can create pretty custom widgets based on all kinds of stuff. You can create, there's three kinds of sizes of widgets, mm-hmm. um, but you can create widgets for what? You can create widgets for calendar stuff, for all the built-in Apple stuff initially. And then he started adding some cool new things, like you can like have a certain photo show up with the date on it, all these different things. Go check it out. Widget Smith is amazing. 
Um, but between Widgetsmith for iOS and Watchsmith for the watch, wow, there's some interesting stuff going on right now. I continue to be amazed. Um, I described last week the way I do my homepage, where I have two rows that are a smart stack. Mm-hmm. I have two rows that are the eight apps I need to always have there. And then I got two rows that are series suggestions for apps. And this setup has been working great. The thing I'm going to move toward in, in making this case to you is there's something revolutionary happening in contextually providing information and affordances that you want or need at a given time. This has gotten way better on iOS and it's gone next level on the watch because of Watchsmith. Mm-hmm. So you know, let's just do one last thing on the phone. We talked about this before, but you can make a, a smart stack out of just, you know, whatever Apple stuff, but you can also make a stack out of the increasingly powerful new widgets that are coming out for third-party apps. Like Fantastical has some really cool widgets. And so basically, um, when, you make, when you make that stack, you could choose to create a widget that presents information in this way with these calendars. With, with showing heat maps, whatever it is you want. But for example, you could create a widget on your homepage, a smart stack that has a Fantastical widget that has just your work stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe on the second page, you have a different Fantastical widget with just your family stuff. Maybe that's in a stack that's more like just fun stuff. Whatever you want to do, you can create these little widgets that are going to bubble up stuff you need to know without having to go in and interact in an app. And in some cases, it'll let you know when you might want to go and interact with the app. Right. So I think that's very powerful. Can I move on to the watch? Yeah, no, I would love to hear about the watch. The complication stuff on the watch has really gone next level. And I'm, I'm finding it uh, extremely interesting and extremely powerful. So, you know, there's so many great complications now. There's so many great faces. I'm thinking I might, um, I'm sure, pretty sure I can redact my info, but I'll, I'll share some of my watch faces um, if y'all, because you can share faces now. It's really cool. But um, so, for example, like there's some of these faces where you can have like over 10 complications on it. And so those could be complications from all these different apps, which is really powerful. But think about this. It's so easy to change from one face to another. It's just a swipe. But let's say you've got your 80% of the day face over here. And you got that just the way you want with exactly the stuff you want. Well, what kind of stuff do you want? Well, hey, did you know that in iOS 14, you can now put the button for a shortcut on a watch face? That's very cool. Yeah. So like maybe I want that. I want the, the, the bit there to be turn off the lights at my office. But guess what? You can also do your own complication or your own shortcuts, other people's shortcuts, right? So in notes you will find a link to um, the master, Matthew Casanelli. Uh, Matthew, who used to work on Workflow, now is indie, and he has got some shortcuts. I put his shortcuts catalog here. That's very good. I'll also get, uh, for, for notes, I will also get Batici's uh, shortcuts list. There's so much stuff in here, but we're now getting to where we can plug these things together in a really powerful way. So one of my complications right now is his... Uh, it just says DND. It's his do not disturb. When you click on that on my watch face, I get a pop-up, mind you, on the watch. It says, okay, how long do you want this? For a little bit, for a while? You can, of course, customize this. Do you want it to be until this event ends? Do you want it to be until you leave this location? A full array of like basically radio buttons on your watch. 
Or do you want it to be a custom amount that you just punch in? So I'm, the, I'm living the dream. I just, uh, I hit DND right before you and I started talking and said, until this event ends. So that, I mean, the, the ability, if you get the power of shortcuts, you need to really get the power right, right, of right. putting these on, on your watch. Cause a lot of them run on your watch. Um, and it, it, it is pretty bananas. And if you're not a nerd and you don't want to go learn pseudo programming to do this, don't worry. There are so many good shortcuts out there. You can find something. Just go scroll through Matthew's list and you're going to see so many things that might be useful to you. So I think that's, that's wild. The ability to have shortcuts launched on your phone by tapping the back of your phone. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. My, the, my, my, my taps are very mundane right now. Um, two taps takes me to the uh, home screen. Three taps takes me to App Switcher. But you could have that be take a screenshot. You could have that be run a shortcut, whatever it is. That's all super powerful. So there's levels to this with the watch. You've got the different faces. You get the different complications. So just just with what's stock on your watch, you could pretty easily have a um, a watch face that's just for travel. You could have a watch face that's just for working out for all these different things. That's really powerful. So when you know you need to go into this particular mode, you just slide to that watch face and do your business. That's You've been able to do that for a while, but with third-party complications, uh, this has really come a long way. But now, get ready to set aside a couple days <laughs> because here comes Watchsmith. So Watchsmith lets you go in and, and say, you can do this on your phone. It makes it very easy. You can go in and say... Um, so, so you go to Watchsmith and it says, okay, here's all the different kinds of faces and where those complications are. This is not super easy to learn, but the power of this is bananas. You go in and say, okay, I want stuff that's going to work on the compact modular face. I'm going to go in, I'm going to say, I'm going to go create a widget or a um, complication. That complication, I'm going to call whatever, calendar, you call it whatever. You want to give it a good name. But here's what happens. So now you've, in that complication, you're going to see is appropriate for that face. You're going to see these different kinds of functionality that you can choose to have there. This is really powerful. If, if you want to like trick out your watch the way that you want, that's really neat. Here's where it goes next, next level. Watchsmith also lets you select what time of day you want a given complication to appear in a given place. In the morning, maybe, I want my large area here to be next event. In the afternoon, I might want that to be, uh, you know, what time is sunset or whatever. It's up to you. If you want to nerd this out. So remember, we've got different watch faces now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Different watch faces with different complications. On top of it all now, you can have complications, thanks to Watchsmith, that show up at a given time of day. Now start pairing this with stuff like Fantastic Hal's ability to show you different calendars at different places. I mean, we've come a long way. I would say, you know, at least go and play with this stuff because... And I'll share some of my faces, which may or may not work for you, but um, it's we we really we really are in like kind of a little Star Trek world at this point with the functionality. Once you so what ties this all together? Well, it's fun. This tech is all possible. I love using Descript Descript just because of the tech, but that's not enough for all of these things. These all represent a toolkit for you to do things you could not do before. So I spent an hour or so the other day, basically on a piece of paper, designing a watch face. Instead of sitting there and playing with all the complications, I said to myself, what are the things that I would like to see on this watch? 
later on, I said, okay, what are the different things I would like to see at different times of day? Mm-hmm. There's some stuff I need to know at certain times and other, other times not. You, I mean, going paper for that really helps me think more clearly about that. Um, but if there are things that you, you need to do, things you want to accomplish, things you want to be reminded of, maybe you only want to see the stand, your stand progress after 5 p.m. Oh. I don't need to know my stand progress at 8 a.m., but if, you, if I'm trying to hit my goal, and by the way, now you can change your stand, move and exercise goals, which is awesome. You can do that on the watch. But you follow what I'm saying? Like, there's certain things I need at certain times. I don't, this goes back to my analogy about, you know, always wanting to have the cutlery in the cutlery drawer, like, rather than the attic. Right. Um, but as with your guitar tuning app, you don't need to see that all the time. We're now moving toward a place where the, rather than the app being the thing I'm thinking about, it's the functionality that I'm thinking about. There's ways to bubble that up in so many different ways. So the action item here is to um, go and play around with some of this stuff, uh, play around with stacking different sets of widgets on your phone. It's really fun. It's really powerful. Um, and then I would suggest if you have an Apple Watch uh, that's capable, I would really suggest getting WatchSmith and at least making one new face with a few complications on it that suit what you need. And if you end up liking that, then you might want to go in and tweak it for time of day and stuff. I'll have a lot more to say about this, but I'm very happy with this update. I do feel like it's stable. I do feel like it's powerful. Um, just just all around, there's uh, the uh, automatic AirPod switching. Wild. It works very well. Things like that. Um, along the lines of handoff, really. There's just so much stuff that has gotten so much better, and there's so much possibility here. Um, I'm always reluctant to say this, but it is, once again, a very exciting time to be an Apple user. And then I got one last thing. Uh, What's that? that? Popped up yes. Yeah, I got one last thing. It's quick. Something that popped up. Uh, yesterday. Wait, shouldn't it be two things with you? Oh my god! Let's see if I can come up with two things. Okay, two things with me. Okay. Uh, the first thing is um, there's an app that I like a lot. This mm-hmm. seems to work really well. I talked about it a lot, but it's really cool. It's called Guardian. Guardian is an app that includes a uh, a really good VPN. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna to the extent possible anonymize you know some of your use. It's gonna put you through this proxy. It looks like I'm in San Jose or New Jersey, which is kind of fun. Right, what's the name um, of it again? It's called uh, Guardian. Guardian. You go to, it's in notes. You go to guardianapp.com. Oh, okay, cool. Um, this, is a, this is a really neat app. And it's a, it's a really cool VPN. Um, yesterday or so, they just announced Guardian Firewall Pro. And I insta-subscribed for a year. Um, so what this is going to do is, well, so sorry. <laughs> the second thing inside the second thing. So Guardian is VPN. Guardian also does some kind of magic to scan the app store and the abilities of apps. I don't know how this works, but it's looking for malware and it's especially looking for anything that's trying to gobble up your stuff. So to the extent possible, Guardian will block. I'm clicking. You can, so basically it's going to block. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Um, 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 it's it's going to, it's going to block um Boy, a big one, um, data trackers. So anytime that it notices something trying to triangulate, it will try to block that. Um, location tracker, if it's trying to like yoink your location, it'll do that. It will turn off page hijacking. It'll turn off mail tracking. It'll do all of those things. Um, and then like, so I can just tell you in the year or so that I've been using this on my phone, uh, 32, almost 33,000 things that it's blocked in that amount of time. Wow. That's really, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. A and lot, a lot. It's, but it's just, it's just really cool. Like, um, if you run this alongside something like my beloved Adblock Pro, which I will also find for notes, 
Um, I, I feel like you're at least latching the screen door. It's not going to be perfect, but you're latching the screen door. Now, so this Guardian Pro just came out and you can pay for it if you like. And it offers also, I'm going to read right here. It says all the capabilities along with of Guardian, along with additional privacy control. If you choose, I don't do this. You can get push notifications um, when something is blocked. I don't see the use of that personally. I don't need to know when something I didn't want happened. Like I don't need call protect from AT&T to tell me when I didn't get, when I didn't receive the spam call. Right. Um, then you can get, there's more information available on trackers. Um, the thing that they're working out right now that I'm very excited about is going to be a version of sort of like whitelisting and custom blacklisting. So um, I get a very grave nasty gram from Hulu if I open it on iOS at all with Guardian on. It used to be that it would just say you have to turn off your VPN. But now, now I sometimes get one that says, you're outside of your home right now, so we've turned off live viewing. You can't watch live shows anymore until you reset your home. Oh, and by the way, you can have three of these per year. So be careful. Yeah. Uh, VPNs are great, but they also, that's, you know, they can be tough. So here's the other thing it says, Guardian Firewall Pro also gives you access to experimental new functionality to cut, block custom hosts and IP addresses. Although this functionality will initially not support alerts, da da da. Um, so you're going to get the ability to really tweak this to have how you want. And I'm really looking forward to being able to say, like, it's okay, whitelist Hulu. That's fine. I can live with that. But um, um, I'm very excited about that. And I think they, they seem like a cool company. So I, uh, I like them. I think that's probably mostly it. Guardian. Guardian. Brought to you by Guardian there. VPN. Guardian. I got a lot of things to find for notes. How long do you think it'll be before Guardian VPN, somebody accuses them of, you know, this always happens. Whenever I find a good VPN or a good service like that, mm -hmm. I'll read something. Well, they've actually been tracking yeah. you. No, I know. I know. And like, why does that have to happen? Well, is it, is it like a sign of success for a VPN app or I mean how do we get one well, it must be it must be to the extent that it's I'm reminded a little bit of those horrible things that you know Marco used to talk about this a lot where patent trolls you know will sit around on their little toadstool in East Texas watch an app wait till it gets popular and then FedEx the uh, the demand <laughs> you know what I'm saying you know like like they'll wait they'll they'll kind yeah. of watch and wait yeah. for something and if it gets well known enough if it gets successful enough that's the point where they go in and say you got a real nice app here it would be a shame if i dragged you into court for $120,000 or you could just give me 2 grand today and i'll go away right i think that's another thing that happens you know when you when a thing is successful it also attracts a lot of uh idiots and and sort of nuisance people mm -hmm. um i'm trying to find this, I want to say it's for it's that torrent tracker. What's the name of that site? But there's, I'll find it for notes, but there's a site. I want to say it's torrent tracker and they have somebody, somebody has compiled this list. If you care, let's put it this way, not to slag or promote any VPN, but the needs of somebody who's going to be using their phone at Starbucks may be very different from the needs of somebody who's reporting from inside China. So you want to know stuff like, do they share, do they share data with five eyes? Like, how do they respond to certain kinds? Like, where, like, where are they based? You know, there's a reason ProtonMail is not in you know, Utah. Like, right. wh where is this company based and what will they, 
what will they just, you know, sort of easily agree to? And I'll, I'll find a really good, very long, sortable, super nerdy, believe me, almost none of you need this. I don't need this. But if you care about a VPN that does what you think it does, because you really want it to do what you think it does, mm-hmm. or there's no point, um, you can go in and see, um, see which one might suit your needs. There's a lot of them. ExpressVPN seems really good. NordVPN seems really good. I mean, it's different things for different people, different needs. But one reason I use Guardian is I like the, the mojo they're doing with apps. I hadn't seen that other places before. And I like the idea of them, you know, uh, being my, you know, privacy lawyer. I have a lot of things to find, Dan. This is going to take a while. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. <clears throat> Thank you. Watch, you going to watch Ted Lasso or are you going to screw around? What are you going to do? I will definitely be watching Ted Lasso. Right after Goodfellas. Right after Goodfellas. Well, we we just watched The Fugitive, Harrison Ford, and uh, and that was that was entertaining. Oh, I The Fugitive with uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, the the you know the movie uh, was very search. good. It still held up pretty well. And then um, and then you know we were looking for something just to watch after that. And I want you know like I'm trying not I'm not try, I'm trying to not have movies that have too many boobies in them because. He's mm-hmm. uncomfortable seeing the, the boobies, maybe because I'm there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But every movie has boobies in it. So I'm basically, everything mm-hmm. has boobs in it. So I just told him all the movies from now on in your life that you're going to see, it will have boobs in them. Just all of them. Expect it. It doesn't matter what it is. I it, feel like we get a lot fewer boobs. It's not less. It's fewer. We get a lot fewer boobs than we did in the 80s where you had to have boobs in a thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I, like so. I, one of the movies that he's 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 enjoys classical music. When I've been introducing him to it, and so of course oh, yes. the the two movies that pop out that uh, stand out in a big way, Amadeus and Immortal Beloved. Um, the oh, is that is that Beethoven? That's Beethoven, and it has Gary Oldman as Beethoven, and it's an excellent movie. Never and, seen that. I put on the list. Yeah, and so it doesn't like Amadeus has like ninety nine in Rotten Tomatoes. Like it's universally beloved, and you know I don't know if Immortal Beloved is quite at that level. It's it's a mm. good movie, but of course there's boobs in it, and right in the beginning <laughs> there's boobs in it. You see a lot of uh, uh, Stanzi's uh, cleavage. She's got some very prominent in cleavage. Amadeus. Yes. And she actually, mm. there's a, an extended scene where it's just her boobs out for most of it. I've seen it. And you know, it's like, art. It's basically art. It's art. And so that's why I'm going to be all right with it. I'm going to show him that next. So he's going to see that next. Could you put tape over the screen? Like when Jude Law is on the screen? No. Um, I, um, I, I, I could Hot take. Yeah. Um, but I would have to keep moving the tape, you know, That's what used to say, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could uh, get some kind of a, a motion smoothing feature that would do it for you. That's what these say on car talk. You just put, put some black tape over your check engine. <laughs> it's, it's not like I'm afraid of him seeing it, but it's no, he's like, Oh, what are they you trying to... to protect him from a thing? It's like some, some kids don't like scary music. Some kids don't like children in peril. Everybody's got their triggers. And I think you need to, to keep cash away from the boobs. I think you're doing, you're doing him a, uh, the, a service. And the thing is, like, I, I'll be completely honest. At age 12, all I wanted to do was find a way to see boobs and more. What, what would be a better goal for a young, young person? That's all I cared about. That's all I wanted to do. There's a lot to, to learn. You've you got you to gotta, you gotta learn. You know what I'm so saying? I don't know if he's 
like I was very much wanting to see the boobs, but not wanting to see them with me or when I'm there in the room or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Or if he's genuinely feeling like, oh, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that. I don't know. Because how would I have done it? I remember that um, when, you know, being very young and one of my parents, they would be watching an adult not an adult movie, but, a, you know, a rated R movie that might have some nudity in it. And I would, I was always trying to like see what was going on and what's in this movie, what's going to happen. I remember there's that one scene in uh, Kramer versus Kramer mm-hmm. where there's sort of like a, a nude scene. That I would like, yeah, I'm old enough to see this. My parents are like, you're not old enough to see that. And I'm like, yes, I am. Whereas my son's kind of like, um... Why do they have yeah. to put that in there? Why do they have to do So I don't know if he's acting or not, but I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to find out. Well, I mean, this is a funny bit, but, but jokes have left the room. I mean, I, one thing I remember very clearly was if there's something happening on screen, and I, how do you describe it? When you're a kid, you see certain things and you know it's like a special thing for somebody. It's like a sexy thing for somebody. Um, so like going to like a, a PG movie with my mom that had any boob in it made me extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I'm a total Freudian mess, but I, I bet part of it is that he's looking at boobs and you're there. I'm not saying he has any <laughs> orientation or interest one way or another, right. but like watching boobies with your dad, I mean, that's something you should save for when you're 16 or 17, you know? Yeah, I um, think so too. I don't yeah. like it. So what am I, I supposed to do thing. about it? I, I don't, I mean, like, I, I wish there was less unnecessary violence in things. Some movies need that violence. I mean, you need, the way Joe Pesci stabbing that guy in the trunk, like, that's important. That's part that's of important the movie. To, that's important that's part to the, of movie. the movie. Part of the movie. Exactly. But, like, you know, some of the stuff on Game of Thrones is, like, a little over the top. Yeah, it's a it little is. bit, like, the whole scene with Littlefinger and instructing the women on how to do the thing he's instructing them on. Yeah. That's a little over the top. I mean, but. We don't need me, that. Well, you know, the thing is, the violence stuff can suck. The boob stuff can suck. The, but you know what it is? It's a phrase that I wish, I, I really like this phrase. I wish we could break it out more. This needs a taxonomy. Adult situations. That's, right. to me, way more challenging than mm-hmm. boobs. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, boobs are like something everybody has. You know, like every, it's like, like opinions. Everybody's got a butthole. Like, mm-hmm. there's certain things everybody mostly has. I don't mean to be ableist, but, like, people mostly have these things, and that's part of life. It's normal. Those boobs are how you stayed alive when you were little. Right. That's, to me, that's, that's fine. But take a Kramer versus Kramer. I mean, this is very contextual. Uh, if, 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 you, if you're recently divorced, and uh, if you're, you're a recently divorced dad, let's say you're like a, a Donald Trump Jr., and you want to take your, kid to the, your kids to the movies, and the very real, very recent, you know, rending pain of divorce is still forefront in your mind kind of every minute of the day, do you really want to go into a movie that's going to be about the complicated, um, the complicated nature of disassembling a relationship when kids are involved? Right. That's going to be, that's an adult situation. Adult situations are like, I can't even really properly explain to you why I don't want you to see this. It's not that I don't want you to know that it exists, but you should get to be a person who lives a little longer without having to confront this kind of thing. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not, you're going to learn about this stuff eventually. It's why, is it's one of the reasons why I'm such a cuck about wanting my child to have self-esteem. I have a, I have a daughter who's almost 13. 
um, she has the rest of her life for strangers to tell her she's worthless. And it's, I like the idea of her having environments where people don't tell her that she's worthless. I'm not saying it's going to make her strong like Bull, but like <laughs> it's, it's going to prepare her, hopefully, to you know, build some of the compensatory muscles when that does come along. I've been on a Mr. Rogers jag lately. Um, it's just something I, it's just some of the stuff with Mr. Rogers is just so moving. The very famous video that everybody has probably seen, I will put in notes, when he testified to Congress in 1969 about trying to get funding, more funding for public uh, media. And it's, it's incredibly moving. It's incredibly moving in part because he goes through the point of what he's trying to do, which is to tell kids that like, this, is a, this is a big confusing world, but you can deal with this. You have what you need to deal with this. And like, what a great way to try and equip a kid. I can't protect my kid or anybody's kid from the horrors of the world, but I, I also am reluctant to let her spend time with people who think it's necessary for her or any other kid to think it's normal for things to be terrible. Mm. It might be, it might be, if it's no, it might be normal to you, but like if you've developed some kind of chitin that allows you to not be, um, not be, not feel emotions about bad things anymore. And you think, you know, lol, nothing matters. Well, geez, how about giving the kids a break? How about, how about them not having to have that? Maybe quite so quick. Boobs. Boobs, boobies, adults. Senior Salieri. <laughs> we bought you something special. <laughs> Vincent Chiavelli. He's in, I think, in every Milos Forman film. Really? Mm-hmm. He's in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Was most, he? most recent, most recent episode. Oh yeah, yeah, of, he was. Uh, yeah, look at him. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in lots of things. Bakuru yeah, yeah. Banzai. He's a, he's a terrific character actor. I think he was on Taxi. Wasn't he like a cult leader on Taxi? Was he? I might be misremembering. I mean, he could be. L- Johnny Dangerously. The, 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 what, living Dangerously? Johnny Dangerously. Oh, yeah. Was Forgan Bastages? <laughs> Something like that, right? Yeah, yes. Batman Returns as Organ Grinder. He did. He did return. Huh. Organ Grinder. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Fast Times grow- at Ridgemont High. Grower, not a shower. Oh, I see. Did he work at the mall? What are you doing that? Um, what are you doing Fast Times? Uh, Mr. Vargas. Oh, he was a colleague of Mr. Hand. Yes. You're on my time now. He's been in a lot of movies. Tomorrow Never Dies, been, Dr. He's Kaufman. been in a lot of movies. Classic, classic character actor. Um, the latest, so what they do now on Blank Check, what they've been doing for years, the whole point of the show that became what's called Blank Check, is it's about a director or creator, somebody who had early success and were basically given a blank check to do what they want. Sometimes that check cashes. And sometimes it bounces baby. And so right now they're in the middle of the Robert Zemeckis series. Uh, Sunday, they got to Back to the Future. Three hour episode, solid gold. Christopher Lloyd, no matter how much you love Christopher Lloyd, he's still underappreciated. I agree with you. I think Christopher Lloyd is uh, such an amazing actor. Um, He's done so much. I first, of course, was introduced to him uh, in uh, in Taxi. Yep, me too. Before I'd seen... Cuckoo's Nest, absolutely. Yeah, because I was I was too young to have seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but I was certainly old enough to watch Taxi. And, and then when you do watch Cuckoo's Nest, you see that Jim and Louie are both in that movie, and it's the weirdest thing in the world. It looks like it was a million years before Taxi, but Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd in Cuckoo's Nest just made my brain explode. So hold on. I'm wondering, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, it's listed as his first film. That was 1975. 75, yep. 
and the Taxi TV show uh, was seventy second, second eight. Season? What? No, but he, he was. Was he in the first season? I thought he, he came. He wasn't in the early episodes. Was Ignatowski. He? he was Reverend, in. He was a yeah. guest. Um, a guest appearance in the first season, and then became a main character in the second season. So that would just put him in. He has his own Wiki, Wikipedia page. That's only four pages. Four pages. That's only, what am I talking about? Four pages. That's only two years. Early. Four pages and two years. It's the same thing. It's only two years or so. Yeah, look at that. Gosh, four, three or four years difference. And it looks like it, that movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, was made. Oh, and you know, they have a Netflix show now called hmm. ratchet or something like that about nurse yeah, ratchet with, with with my gal um, yeah sarah paulson american horror story actress yeah. yeah well and i think it's that guy i think it might be ryan murphy it's it's good i tried it's very stylish it's very beautiful sarah paulson elevates everything that she is in but um it, i'm not i'm not really into that kind of show it's very much that sort of what's called american horror story it was, yeah. I, I enjoyed the first few seasons of that, and then the later ones had not as much. What's crazy? Oh, that's right. He the... was in. Uh, he was in Star Trek Three, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Spoiler: They found him. Yeah. Yep. Jeez, <laughs> 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 um, Louise, let's button this up. All righty. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. 